Well, hello again, awesomers. It's me, your old buddy, Steve Simonson, and I am back with another awesomers.com podcast episode in this now long-running Founder Foundations miniseries. We're, uh, you know, again, about midway through this uh, deal, maybe, maybe getting to the last third of the month. And my promise to you at the beginning of the month was I was going to take you through the playbook or the blueprint for how we do some of our executive training and how we think of it to not just get ourselves level set, but to get our key people level set. And uh, and I'm giving you essentially the, the playbook blueprint that each of these modules are things that you should pay attention to and then develop a training system for uh, so that you can have the same net result that, that I want for you, which is competency, good leaders, and full total alignment in terms of systemization and process. So today we're going to talk about uh, basically finance systems 101, right? So um, we we did a finance system introduction already. That's a previous episode. You should listen to it. But financial statements 101 is really our chance to get a little bit more granular in terms of the types of things that I like to look out for. And in fact, the types of things that I think operationally we have to prepare ourselves for. So first of all, let's talk about, you know, what, what are the financial statements that we're, we're discussing here? So uh, an income statement is often referred to as a P&L or profit loss statement. This is where you're essentially, you know, getting your revenues at the top and then you're coming up with some gross margin somewhere and then you're throwing your other expenses in there and then you're kind of doing uh, an a pre-tax net, and then any kind of uh, amortization and depreciation stuff goes at the bottom, and then some sort of either adjusted um, EBITDA or a net profit or loss at the bottom. So that, that's kind of a, a P&L run through. A balance sheet is, is maybe far simpler in, in some ways. It's got assets, liabilities, and then whatever the equity is, positive or negative. Uh, cash flow statement will show the incoming amount of money and the outgoing amount of money, whether that was positive or negative. Cash flow statement, by the way, most overlooked financial statement by almost all entrepreneurs I've ever dealt with. They get so fixated on the PL and are we making money? I put air quotes around that for you audio listeners, that they don't stop and think whether or not that operational performance of making money means that they actually have cash. As a very clear example would be, if you are a private label e-commerce seller, you could be making a ton of money, yet have none of it because you're investing in more inventory. That next inventory purchase, assuming that you don't have terms, you're financing that before you ever receive the product, certainly before, most often that is, before you sell it. And what that creates is a negative cash flow. Um, I cannot stress how important this is. Uh, my old buddy, um, it's it's been years, but he used to run a company that was in the jewelry business. And it was an online company, became very successful. They were quite brilliant about it. Uh, he's, he's a genius in his own right, for sure. And he's had hit after hit after hit. And I'm talking about... Not, not multi-millions or hundreds of millions. I'm talking about multi-billions. Really, really brilliant fellow. And what he realized once he got his business up and running is that his suppliers kind of really, really needed him. And he really needed their cash flow. 
And so he went to them and got really long extended terms far past the time that he would have sold the product. And this applies in different ways to different businesses. So if, if you don't see a direct connection, uh, this is your chance to think about it and not just, you know, uh, go, well, gosh, this lesson doesn't apply in black and white to me. So it doesn't matter to me. This can apply to anybody. So he went to his suppliers and he said, listen, I know that I'm drop shipping from you, but it would really help me if I had 90 day terms from you. And they said, well, why should we give you 90 day terms? You're getting the money right away. And he goes, eh, it would just really help. And because he had the leverage and had the volume, they wanted to reward him. And they are like, you know what? All right, we'll give you 90 day terms. So you keep buying from us. And so his cash flow was insanely positive, right? Because he would literally sell the item, get the money, you know, within a day or two. And then he would not have to pay that money for 90 days. So just think of that purchasing cycle as 90 days of what's called free cash flow. That put him in a position of extraordinary power when it came to his balance sheet. He could do things with the company and make investments with the company that nobody else in his competitive space could do who didn't have a similar arrangement. And that really put him on a path of just absolute rocket ship trajectory. And the vendors were rewarded by that because that trajectory takes them right along with, right? They're on the same rocket ship ultimately. And although they had to have some terms that they uh, were, you know, were required to offer him, they got more and more volume. As a matter of fact, the volume got so big at some point, some of those guys, uh, their terms got extended to 180 days. So now the free cash flow is just massive. And <laughs> believe this or not, uh, some of them came and said, hey, listen, um, we we don't have enough cash to buy our inventory. And uh, this fellow was so smart. He's like, ah, don't worry, I'll lend it to you for a small interest rate. <laughs> so literally, he had other people's money and he would lend it back to them. Uh, instead of them just jamming back the terms because he, that his company in any way, were in the driver's seat when it came to volume. They didn't want to lose the volume. And so they were able to uh, work with him. And again, th this only works to the extent that everyone benefits on a net, net basis. What's my point? My point is cash flow matters. My point number two is engineering that cash flow, extraordinarily important. If you're in a service business, and you're not charging your customers the month ahead, you know, so, you know, if it's coming up to January and you don't bill them in December for payment before January 1st, you are making a mistake. You're, you're letting somebody else's um, cash flow dictate your future success and perhaps even your viability. That's very, very dangerous work. So engineering that for your best outcome is part of what being a good entrepreneur is, and it's part of our financial statement 101 module. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is, uh, despite the, the standardization of these uh, various financial statements, uh, P&L and balance sheet and cash flow are quite standard, you can customize uh, some of these things on your own. So as an example, you know, people often use the term cost of goods sold or COGS. Well, that's just one part of the variable expenses that are related to your product. So most often your revenue will be recorded on the top line and then your cost of goods sold on the, the next line. And then your gross profit, I used another air quote, everybody, will be recorded on that third line. But 
What if there are other variable expenses that are directly associated with those items, like freight, you know, getting the product uh, from here to the point of sale? What if there are other you know, variable costs, maybe even advertising, right? These are all things you should start to consider that are variable expenses, right? And variable means that they literally uh, ebb and flow with the same ratios in general as your product. That's a really important point. If you don't understand the difference between fixed and variable expenses, you are at a disadvantage. And I want you to go study up on it right now. So my advice is that you're building true variable expenses that are directly related to your uh, product's uh, velocity and your product's throughput. And then you have something that we would term as contribution margin, right? So even if this is not how your tax books end up, the, the CPA can sort that stuff out. Your objective is to go, well, I've got revenue coming in. What's my actual contribution margin? Don't, don't bury freight down below the line because, and I'm talking about freight forwarding for your, your product. Um, in some ways, I'm really even talking about, you know, last mile delivery, if that's applicable to you. Bury, or excuse me, categorize variable expenses up at the, you know, kind of the margin above contribution margin area, and then fixed expenses below uh, that area so that you can really understand how to manage each of those. Obviously, fixed expenses are harder to manage most often. Uh, for example, if you have a lease on a, a equipment or a vehicle or an office, that is much harder to change that fixed expense as it also doesn't change as it relates to your sales. The more stuff you sell, your rent doesn't go higher, You know, your lease for a building. It's the same lease. doesn't matter how much stuff goes through there. So that that fixed cost may start out to be very oppressive, but the more you sell, it becomes a much lower, lower percent of your overall uh, revenue. And that's part of the point. And it's the point that we really like to concentrate on, which is your objective with all these systems and your, your acumen and training on these systems is to start to find ways of driving leverage so that you can take out um, all of those costs that you can control and to the greatest extent possible, even uh, minimize fixed expenses uh, and then apply leverage as you go. Now, there are times, by the way, where the expenses are a leading investment before a payoff. The, the, the delicate balance there is, so one could argue, well, gosh, I'm going to hire a marketing leader some level, forget forget the title right now, but some marketing leader who's really going to uh, coalesce and calibrate all of my marketing stuff together. It's going to be great. But the first, let's say, three months of that person, they're not really going to be able to have a tangible impact. So that means your fixed costs went up, but your overall, you know, your, your other revenues and variable costs are kind of the static so your fixed costs as a percentage are looking worse, which means you, has le you have less leverage. By applying a financial accounting system and your, your you know, one-on-one uh, acumen, you're going to know, yeah, I did that consciously. I understand that. And after the appropriate period of time, whether it's one quarter or two, we should start to see the benefit of their performance. Um, and then we should, again, start to show leverage. So there's times where these things do go up and down, and I want to call your attention to that. Um, I, I think that the, the 
you know, important elements of having a business are really that you understand that the business is a tool for you and that you're just here as in the business context for that business to achieve some sort of financial output for you. Like it's the same as like I have a hammer and I have a nail. I use the hammer to hit the nail. Well, you have a business. It should produce profit. And if it doesn't produce profit on an ongoing basis, why are you doing it? Right. It's it's a terrible tool. You got the wrong tool uh, or you're using the tool in improperly. Uh, so I don't want you to lose sight of that fact because the health of your business is, you know, reported on every month. And I, I alluded to this in the last uh, module, but I want to say it very explicitly here. Every month, let's just say the first of the month rolls around. Within, let's say, 10 days, maybe 15 days on the outside, there should be a financial process in your company where the books are, you know, kind of reconciled, closed, right? You're uh, reconciling credit card statements, bank account statements, whatever. Then you're closing that period, right? This means no more entries, the, the ledger doesn't have to be immutable, but at that point to, to make further entries that would change these financial statements, you would have to reopen the books, which is a, is a whole thing. And the point is once you close it, then the books don't change. Now, any adjustments that need to be made would be made in a future period, uh, assuming there's some, you know, like bill that showed up. Oh, this, you know, we, we spent this uh, money on freight, but we didn't get the bill for three months. So it's, it's kind of timed wrong, but if you have a good accounting system, that would still be baked into your landed cost voucher so that you would have an appropriate margin uh, calculation. So I know some of this stuff may seem stupid or nerdy or boring or too detailed, but this is where the rubber hits the road. Your ability, not just to understand it for yourself, but to lead your team to the appropriate financial metrics and the understanding of how to pull and adjust the levers for their business unit, you know, whatever they're responsible for, is what makes all of this kind of work together. That is the secret. And that's what makes a business uh, really start to perform. And, and that energy and that flywheel just really starts turning. And everything just starts to be easier. And it just feels more effortless, right? I, I love it when people go, I come to work and there's so much energy. It's you know, you can cut the electricity with a knife and, you know, it's just effortless. And and I'll just tell you, it, it might be feeling effortless at that moment, but it was the compounding effect of all of the efforts that you made in the past that makes it feel effortless today. Make those efforts today, everybody. Start making the investment in yourself and your people. You will be glad you did. Uh, we're going to continue on with this mini series. Go do all the social media things, please. It doesn't cost you anything to like this. Click a little like button. It doesn't cost you anything to share it. Uh, and it also doesn't cost you anything to leave a review. Five stars, always appreciated. Thanks again for your support, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.